You're listening to the Redfield Arts Audio Podcast. Jennifer Rouse, Storyteller. Soundtracks for Stories. Composer Jennifer Rouse is the creator of the music for Redfield Arts Audio and demonstrates a wide range of emotions, powerful, funny, and rich. With an incredible range of musical styles and voices, all to tell our stories better. Soundtrack Suites from Sinbad and the Pirate Princess, Alone the Life of Poe, Songs of Giants, and others. Available now on Amazon and at redfieldartsaudio.com. Your host, Jennifer Rouse. It was the beginning of the summer of 1970, a year after the summer of love and a little less than a year after a roaring guitar player named Jimi Hendrix stepped onto the stage at Woodstock on the morning of August 18, 1969. Hendrix's sound was like no other at the time. He broke all of the mainstream rules of guitar playing and used the instrument as a channel to release the haunted soul within him. Everything changed about rock and roll music once Hendrix came onto the scene. This story that I'd like to share is about how Jimi Hendrix played a small role in how I came to be. The recordings that you will be listening to, while a bit distorted from age, are from the audio recording system of the Baltimore Civic Center on the night of June 13, 1970. Here's The Machine Gun by Jimi Hendrix.
my mom, Sandy, had graduated from Parkville High School in June of 1969 and was now a 19-year-old in the summer of 1970. In high school, she was in the school's band on clarinet in the first chair position. She was heavily influenced by bands with orchestral sounds, as well as bands with brass sections such as Blood, Sweat and Tears, Chicago Transit Authority, who later shortened their name to just Chicago, and also the Moody Blues. Back then, the legal drinking age was 18, so like most teens, she would go out with her friends to local bars and nightclubs to have some drinks and listen to the latest music. Here we have Hendrix's classic hit, Foxy Lady.
summer of 1970, my dad, Alan, was a bit older than Sandy at 32 years old. He was an electrician by trade, but in his spare time, he was managing a couple of local bands. One was named Salt and Pepper, and the other one's name escapes me. And he was extremely into the local and national music scene. His musical tastes at the time were a little on the heavier side than my mom's, but he also loved the bands from the 1950s and early 60s, such as Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons, Little Richard, and so many others. He once told me a story about going to the Benji's Drive-In, which is still in operation in Middle River, Maryland. They happened to have a band set up on top of the snack building that night, and as he pulled in to find a spot, he realized that it was none other than Little Richard himself with his band playing. I'm not sure how they got the piano up there. So I'm not sure exactly what the date was, but one night my mom was out. I'm also not sure if she was with friends or by herself, but as the story goes from my dad, he saw a girl with short blonde hair sitting at the bar, and I don't know who approached who, but they started talking and they hit it off. not sure if it was this night or soon after, but my dad asked my mom if she would like to go to see a concert at the Baltimore Civic Center with him, and she said yes. So my parents' first official date was an evening with revolutionary guitar player, Jimi Hendrix on his 1970 Cry of Love tour. You've been listening to Hey Joe, performed live at the Baltimore Civic Center on June 13, 1970. Next up is Hendrix's classic song, Red House.
The Baltimore Civic Center, later known as the Baltimore Arena, and now known in 2019 as the Royal Farms Arena, first opened its doors in October of 1962. It was built in the heart of downtown Baltimore, Maryland, on the site of Old Congress Hall, where the Continental Congress met in 1776. It became the host building for the Baltimore Clippers hockey team, as well as the Baltimore Bullets basketball team. Then in 1964, the Beatles played back-to-back shows there to a very excited audience. In 1966, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivered a speech there called Race and the Church as part of a Methodist clergy gathering. It became the place to play for top acts such as Led Zeppelin, The Grateful Dead, and Elvis's 1977 tour, and it continues to be a thriving arena for all genres of music to this day. Here's Hendrix's haunting song, Voodoo Child. Sandy at my grandmother's house on Putty Hill Avenue, and much to his surprise, when she opened the door, instead of the short blonde hair of their first meeting, she had long, dark hair. He always laughed when he told me that story. He had no idea that she was wearing a wig the first time they met. So they traveled downtown, parked, and then stood in line to get into the show. As they entered the arena and found their seats, the air was thick with smoke from a mixture of fog machines, cigarettes, but most of all, marijuana. My dad was never, ever into drinking much at all or using any kind of recreational drugs, 
but he described how heavy the pot smell was. He said it was almost unbearable to him. House lights went out and the band took the stage. Drummer Mitch Mitchell and bassist Billy Cox were followed by the famous guitar player from Seattle, Jimi Hendrix, with his iconic white left-handed Fender Stratocaster with the upside-down headstock. Marshall Hendricks, whose birth name was actually Johnny Allen Hendricks, was born on November 27, 1942, in Seattle, Washington. In 1958, after young Jimmy had been playing around with an old ukulele that was in his house, his father Al bought him his first acoustic guitar, which he had purchased secondhand for $5. The following year, Al upgraded his son with the used Supro Ozark 1560S model electric guitar. Heavily influenced by blues legends such as B.B. King, Muddy Waters, and Robert Johnson, Jimmy joined a band called the Rocking Kings. Hendricks enlisted in the U.S. Army Paratroop Division and was stationed in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. While in Kentucky, he began working as a session guitarist where he met bass player Billy Cox. He was discharged from the Army in 1962 and went on to play as a guitarist for legendary acts such as Ike and Tina Turner, Little Richard, and the Isley Brothers. Hendricks moved to New York's Greenwich Village and made his rounds on the club scene. He then caught the attention of the Animals bassist, Chaz Chandler. And under Chandler's wing, Hendricks moved to London, where the band The Jimi Hendrix Experience was formed, which included drummer Mitch Mitchell and bassist Noel Redding. Their first album, Are You Experienced, was a huge hit in Britain, with songs such as Hey Joe, Foxy Lady, The Wind Cries Mary, and Purple Haze. But it wasn't until the band traveled to California to play in 1967 at the Monterey Pop Festival that they exploded almost overnight in the United States.
So the house lights go down, the band is on stage, the arena is thick with smoke, and the spotlight is on 27-year-old Jimi Hendrix front and center. The 14-song set began with Straight Ahead and continued with Lover Man, Machine Gun, Easy Rider, Red House, Message of Love, Hey Joe, Freedom, Hear My Train A-Comin', Room Full of Mirrors, Foxy Lady, Purple Haze, The Star Spangled Banner, and Wrapped Up With Voodoo Child. Only two months after that June show, on September 18th, 1970, the world was devastated to learn that the now iconic innovator that changed the sound of rock and roll forever passed away in London due to multiple issues of barbiturate drug use, chronic fatigue, and influenza-related illnesses. He became a member of the 27 Club, as they are known today, which includes Hendrix's own guitar hero, Robert Johnson, as well as Jim Morrison, Janis Joplin, and later, Kurt Cobain and Amy Winehouse. In 1992, the Jimi Hendrix experience was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Drummer Mitch Mitchell and bassist Noel Redding were in attendance and played with the all-star Jimi Hendrix tribute band featuring Neil Young, Keith Richards, Carlos Santana, Jimmy Page, Aaron Neville, and others. Today, the Mopop Museum in Seattle, Washington features the Wild Blue Angel exhibition. Seattle also broke ground on the Jimi Hendrix Park in 2016 in the heart of its central downtown district and continues to add to it today. A place for events and gatherings for the community as well as travelers to have their own Jimi Hendrix experience. My parents, Sandy and Alan, have both since passed away, my mom in 2016 and my dad before that in 2013 but I can still put on a pair of headphones, close my eyes, and hear what they heard, and see in my mind's eye what they saw on that first date together in the summer of 1970. Available now from Redfield Arts Audio. Redfield Arts Audio presents Season 13, starring Rick Deskin, Mark Redfield, Brink Stevens, and Andy Schrem. Come on, man. open up. Somebody called 911. I think I hear. Well, it's opening night of the Majestic Theater's 13th season of their annual big ticket item, a Seattle Christmas Carol. And I, stage manager Nick Papadakis, call me Pop, they all do, has locked himself all alone inside the tech booth, dressed as Ebenezer Scrooge, but I'm getting way ahead of my story. Hi, I'm here to see Jane Bigelow, please. I bet you would. And what makes you so special? I'm sorry? Of course you are. Who are you? Oh, I'm sorry. We know that. I'm sorry. I'm Nick Papadakis. I'm the new associate stage manager. Uh. You're the lucky lottery winner. I'll buzz her down. Take a seat. I was about to sit when through the stairwell doors popped... Hi, I'm Jane Bigelow. 
ASM for the Majestic. You must be none other than Nick Papa. Pa- Papadakis. Papa, Nick. Just call me Nick. Maybe I'll just call you Pop. Come on, I'll give you the tour, and we'll be in time to hear the director's pep talk before the rehearsal this afternoon. The first person she took me to see was the head stage manager, Amanda. Everybody calls her Commander Reese. My fault. I started it. But don't ever call her that to her face. She'll deck you. Amanda, this is our new associate, Nick Papa's... Nick Papadakis. Nice to meet you. I look forward to working with you. Nice meeting you, Papadakis. Pop. Just call him Pop. Everybody does. Nice meeting you, Nick. Nice meeting you. Is she okay? Eh, it's been a little rough around here lately for everybody. It's been brutal. And then all the weirdness, all the little freak accidents and things that have been happening. Nerves are a little frayed. Maybe it's the handiwork of Jack Fairbank. Pop, don't ever mention the theater ghost again. That's taboo. Never, ever, never. You are fearless leader. One of the finest directors I've worked with. And one of the finest writers to ever put words in my mouth. Thank you, Chip Bateman, an actor's actor. Yours is the finest Scrooge we've ever seen in the local scene. High praise coming from you, sir. He doesn't make these speeches before every rehearsal, does he? Shh. Yes. And I just want to tell you all, my heart is bursting with pride at what you've done. Oh no, who has done this? Villainy. That is evil in this place. Elsker, what happened? You see a ghost? Look on this with your own eyes, Tank. I'm looking. What am I seeing? Nothing. You see nothing. Oh, my beautiful clothes for Christmas Carol. Gone, Jack Fairbanks. You go too far this time. Mortachi tua. I don't know. I think our ghosts have been messing around a bit. But I'm hearing rumors. Rumors? That maybe somebody else is behind all this. Somebody who wants to maybe close the theater and sell the building. I hear those rumors too. Jerry Jerome, bastardo. That's what I hear. Jack? No, Nick. Jack. Don't you know any better than to sneak up on a ghost? Wait, you can see me? Hear me? Like Hamlet's old man. I hate playing Cratchit. We should switch roles one year, like Olivier and Gilgood did at the Old Vic. Switch playing Scrooge and Cratchit nightly? Yes! You're mad as a hatter. You'd never remember all the lines at your age anyway. Chip has a good point, Herb. Scrooge has lines? (laughs) I'd never known it, the way you mumble and stumble around on stage. You! Stand by. Come on, Hercules. I only weigh 49 pounds. Stop squirming. I swear, I'm gonna drop you on your head. You drop me, you weenist. I'm gonna tell Jane that you touched me. Why, you? (laughs) Gotten away with it, too. If it wasn't for you meddling spooks. Now give me my scrapbook. Oh, that feeling. To recapture that feeling again. What a glorious night. You were marvelous, Jack. That's what it's all about. That's life in the theater. 